0: I just want you to be at peace for just one moment. I think I saw half of you all riding on the freeway today. So just, just want you to rest just a moment. Saw some of you at the stores, you know. So just relax. I've been fascinated from the scriptures, <clears throat> fascinated by darkness. Now you might think, that's kind of weird, isn't it? No, I, I don't think it is at all. It's amazing how much we see in the scriptures about darkness. why is that important in the account of the birth of Jesus Christ? I think that because we oftentimes take for granted that the season arrives when it does, you know, once we it used to be that we kinda waited till till the winter before we started doing anything that had to do with Christmas. You know. I I'm I'm thinking that ninety nine point nine is gonna start playing Christmas music in, in August <laughs> now because now, I mean, it's it's the day after, I think it's the day after Halloween, and, and then now the Christmas st- songs start, you know, but then so do the sales, and, and so do all the flyers telling you Christmas is coming, you know, and in between they let you know that there's a little Thanksgiving coming up too, but really it's Christmas because that's, you know, and, and so that that's the whole Idea of things, and and we and we take for granted what's what's going on, you know, as far as what the scriptures are teaching us. You know, how can we then take all of that and apply it to to our lives as believers in Jesus Christ? And I do hope and pray you are a believer in Jesus Christ, because what else do we have anymore in this world? We certainly are living in a time of great darkness. That was actually predicted. If you look at uh, <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 9 in your Bibles, I, I don't have my normal uh, um, PowerPoint thing up here, you know, so I, I just wanted to share from my heart this, this, uh, this evening just some, some things that I feel the Lord has impressed on my heart for us. And I'm not going to go into the great detail of it, but, but Israel was living in a time of darkness, and there were many times, actually, that Israel went through periods of darkness as a nation because they disobeyed God. And they rebelled against God. I mean, there were, there were seasons when they were much better off because they had good leadership that would tell them, you know, to get themselves right with God and, and, uh, and all. But, and, and there's a lot to that, by the way. There's a lot to good leadership. That brings us to a place where we really begin as a nation to trust God. But then kings would come along and be influenced by other nations and other kings and other ways of life. And, and then they would falter and fail and all the people would just go right down the tubes with them, you know. And so there were these cycles of ups and downs, you know. Uh, and, and so there were, there were just these times of darkness and we wonder, well, why? why do, Lord, why do we even need darkness And we're told in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Nevertheless, the the dimness shall not be such as as was in her vexation. And speaking again of of, of the the people of Israel and Judah. When at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the nations. We could spend a lot of time talking about those particular issues there, but the land of Zebulun and Naphtali was up in the northern area around the the Galilee, where, by the way, Nazareth was, just so you'll know. But it's verse 2 that really matters to us, because it says the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. This is prophetic, of course. It's prophetic to a time that was to come because it hadn't yet happened. But it's spoken as if it was happening. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them has the light shined. You hear a lot about, uh, in the Christmas story, the, the star that that shined bright. And, and certainly it was, uh, you know, the Bethlehem star, as they call it, you know, was a, was a brighter star that, uh, than others. And, and that was because of uh, God's plan and, 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 and he made it that way for a reason. We see that mentioned. But the important thing is that it's not about the star here in Isaiah. It's about Jesus. He was the light. He is the light. And he will ever be the light. He will always be the light. In fact, we hear him say to us in the precious gospel of John, I am the light of the world. As I was mentioning, you know, this issue of, of darkness and, 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 and wanting to really come to grips with it. You know, we can actually go all the way back to the very first page of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. And we see there uh, this, this great statement, and, and you know, we, we, we study it uh, verse by verse, we, and we did a few years ago, went through the whole book of Genesis, but, but, but we study it verse by verse, and, and we look at it, you know, theologically, we look at it in a lot of different ways, but one thing that we sometimes just miss is this issue of the importance of darkness. In the beginning, God, created. The heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void. And you know what the next phrase is? (laughs) And darkness was on the face of the deep. Darkness. In the second verse of the scripture. Second verse. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. You know the scriptures teach us that Everything in the scripture is to teach us. There's a reason for everything here. And there's a reason for us to look at that particular statement. Darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The next verse God speaks. And God said, Light be. And light was. We can read through that pretty quickly. Say, wow, let there be light. And there was light. And then we go on to verse 5. And we fail to realize the importance of darkness and the light that comes after it. You think of the the night that Jesus was born in the city called Bethlehem Bethlehem the city of bread, or the house, I should say, the house of bread. And Beit Lechem reminds us, of course, that who came there was the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. And if you'll go to Matthew chapter 4 for just a moment, I want to tell you that just a moment, because it's going to be a moment here and a moment there. So just, just humor me. Go with me. To so Matthew chapter 4. I, I was uh, telling Pastor Fred, our Spanish pastor, they had their uh, Christmas Eve Eve service last night, and I came to that, and and, and, and I sat there listening to his message. It was practically everything that I'd been working on this week. And I said, you know, you stole my message. And he says, no, you're going to give it tomorrow. You're stealing mine. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I stole his message, but he really did steal it from me. Anyway. But if you, if you look at uh, verses 12, uh, starting at verse 12 of Matthew chapter 4, it says, now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison. He departed into Galilee and leaving Nazareth. He came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of where? Zebulun and Naphtali. What was mentioned where? Isaiah chapter 9. That it might be fulfilled. And here's the fulfillment of what we just read over in Isaiah chapter 9. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness. I I want you to notice something. Back when we read Isaiah 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. But now, by the time of Jesus, the people are sitting in darkness. It says something about darkness and the influence of darkness upon our lives if we don't stay in the light of the glory of Christ and of his word. That we might be walking in darkness, but eventually we just get comfortable in it and we sit in it. In darkness, that is. And that's not a good thing. But it is a good thing that light came to them because it goes on to say this. It says, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. Here's the fulfillment. Light came. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Light is sprung up. It was such a beautiful passage that Pastor Fred was sharing last night, and I wish I had brought my Spanish Bible, because it's interesting when it talks about the birth of Jesus, you know, that, that, that Jesus was born. It actually says, literally in the Spanish, that he is brought into light. Why? Because the, the thing that sometimes we don't realize is that when Jesus came into this earth and you know, was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary, for nine months, Jesus was in darkness. Darkness. As he would be in darkness for three days in a tomb. But when Jesus was born, he was brought into light. He was birthed. But it literally, as I said in the Spanish, it's brought into light. And light came. And light was. From the very beginning, Genesis, throughout all of the scriptures, you do a word study and you find darkness. And look at what you see that has to come out of darkness. The people who walked in darkness, the people who sat in darkness, makes us ask the question, where are we walking today? And where are we sitting today? There is a tremendous um, pattern given to us in the book of Ephesians. When you study the six chapters of the book of Ephesians, you can break it down into three parts. The first two chapters deal with sitting, sitting in heavenly places in Christ. The next two chapters, chapters three and four, deal with with walking in Christ, walking in Him. And then the last two chapters, standing in, in Christ. Sit, walk, stand. But when we are Influenced by the darkness. We're no longer standing for anything good. We're walking in a downward path until we sit in the comfort of the darkness, which is no comfort at all. No comfort at all. And this is why Jesus came. And this is why there, there are these pictures of darkness to light, darkness to light. And we need to see that, not only in the Scriptures, and we need to stay in the Scriptures. When you, when, you, know, when you get to January the 1st, start reading again, You know, go through the Scriptures again, go through the Bible again. From cover to cover. You don't even have to wait the whole year to do. You can do it in months. You can do it in a few months. But you 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 immerse yourself in it and you realize the pictures that God is giving us of staying in the light as He is in the light. Because He is the light of the world. We're told, by the way, in in, in, in Colossians chapter one, a, a great little little book by by Paul, the apostle. Colossians chapter 1. This, this tremendous statement of encouragement and exhortation to the church, but, a, but, but, but even greater, an encouragement to our hearts about where we've been and where we're going as believers in Jesus Christ. Because Paul says in, in Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9, he says, and we'll just start there, because I'd read the whole thing, but we'd be here all night. So, Paul says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, and by the way, I'm reading King James, so just, you know, follow along with me here. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's a wonderful prayer that Paul is giving to the church as well as to us. And then he says, Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. And then he says in verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet or fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And notice this. This is the reminder. Verse 13, the reminder that we need to take and have in our hearts. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us, transformed us, transferred us, Into the kingdom of his dear son. What is the distinction from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son? The kingdom of light. The kingdom of light. Why? Because he is the light of the world. He was, he is, and will always be the light of the world. And then he says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. These are the things that we cannot forget about our faith in Christ. These are the things that we cannot forget about the commitment that we made in Jesus Christ. It was a commitment of life to life. And if death death happens, it happens because we are standing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it reminds us of why Jesus came to begin with. The only way that we can have that life in light is for him to die on our behalf. He died for us. That's why he came. I can't emphasize it enough. Every year I want to emphasize that. That the season that we have today, it all begins and ends right here, right now. With the understanding of why Jesus came to this earth the first time. We're actually told in the scriptures that he did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That was his first coming. That was his first coming. He came not to condemn, but to save. To save the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but to save his creation. who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now we're back to Genesis. And now we realize that the one who spoke light, be and light was, was the light of the world. The image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. All things are constituted together. All things are held together by Jesus Christ. That little baby that we sang about tonight. It's nice to have some tradition. We all have traditions that we'll follow tonight with family. I hope that uh, if, if you're new to our church and been with us for any short amount of time, we welcome you as part of our family as well. And if you're far from what was considered home, well, you're home here. And we love you and we care for you. But it's okay to have some tradition. What's more okay is this, that we realize and remember what this is all about, that Jesus came to give his life so that we, Would be rescued and saved from ourselves, from our sins, from sin and death, from the punishment of sin, from the from the devil. Uh, There's a lot of things that we we can list of what why why Jesus came. But the one that we sang about tonight, that little baby, I just want to kind of remind you something: He's not little anymore, and he's not a baby. He is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Amen? Amen? Amen. He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the, first form from, uh, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He is the beginning, the firstborn. He's the, he, he, let, let's go back here to verse 18. He is the head of the body of the church. He's the head of the body of the church. I want to emphasize that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. So we have to take our orders from him and from him alone. And he says, okay, well, here's your orders. Genesis to Revelation. Got it? Alright. Why do I keep going here? I'm, I guess I'm excited about you know, what, what the Lord has called us to do and to be. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works in the darkness, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unre provable in his sight that's in light that's in light if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven where I Paul am made a minister we'll stop there the whole reason for reading all of that is because this is a reminder to us a reminder to us of that distinction between darkness and light and why it's so important for us to see it. Why it's so important for us not to close our eyes when we, we find ourselves in areas of darkness. And I have to say, if we, if we look at this thing on a, on a more uh, general level, as far as even national level, you know, we're, we're finding ourselves in a very dark place today in our country. Where little children are being told, you know, that they can't give candies with scriptures away to people, you know, because they might be offended. But nobody cares who offends a Christian, you know. It wasn't that way a number of years ago everybody respected we don't respect anymore we've lost respect as a people and i said earlier all comes from the top down that's why we need to pray for our country today something else happens when light comes In the midst of that kind of darkness, prophetically, Jesus is going to break through the clouds with his light. First to take his church and gather together and take us home. Prepare us in seven years' time while he's dealing with Israel. And at the end of that seven years, bring us with him to establish his kingdom in Jerusalem on the throne of David And there, the light of Christ's glory will shine for a thousand years. And there will not be darkness. And we should rejoice in that. I think we're all kind of like laying back a little bit. Because I told you all, be at peace here tonight. But I know that inside you want to get up and shout because that's an exciting thing. To know that Jesus is coming. See, he's coming again. So that's another good reason for Christmas, just to remind us he didn't come just one time. He's coming again. This first coming is just the guarantee, the down payment, as it were. But even Jesus said, I am going to come again. Sometimes those of you who have been around me long enough know that I'm going to read this anyway, so I'm going to read it to you tonight. This is John 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus said to his disciples before he went to the cross. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, I don't know the way. Well, neither did a disciple named Thomas. (laughs) He says, Lord, we we, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus told them in John uh, 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you see, what we're gathered here together to do tonight is not just give thanks to the Lord for sending Jesus to this earth. Uh, It it, it takes out a... You know, a whole lot of meanings, you know, for people. You know, it, it, makes, us, it makes us for, a, for a, a short season, givers. But you know what the Bible says? It is better to give than to receive every day of the year, not just one season of the year. Let's, let's give, always. And God always adds to our supply, doesn't he? So that we can do that, so we can be giving and givers until Christ comes. But you see, we have to realize that he came to the cross. He came for the cross. He came to the cross, and he came to be placed on the cross on our behalf. John said, behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who taketh away the sin of the world. He's the sacrifice. He's the atoning sacrifice. That's what we come to give thanks to God for. And I would encourage you folks. You know, you might be looking under the Christmas tree and shaking boxes. And then you look at the big boxes and you think, oh, is bigger better? I don't know. Uh, Little boxes sometimes have the bigger gifts, you know, or whatever. Uh, At least price tag wise and whatever, you know. But here tonight, there's one gift. That God wants to give you. And that gift continues to give. You heard of the gift that keeps on giving? This is the gift that keeps on giving. Jesus. He's the gift. And you need him in your life. You need him in your life. And we who have him in our lives need to be encouraged to keep letting the light shine before men. Because when you read Matthew chapter 5, Jesus told his disciples, you are the light of the world. So as believers, we came out of darkness into light. And now he says, now you are children of light. Continue to let that light shine. But those of you that might find yourself in darkness tonight, I would encourage you before you leave here today. And we'll give you that opportunity just to ask Jesus to come into your life. Bow your heart to him because he's not a baby. He's very much alive and he's coming again because he's the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. And you can know him. You don't have to just know about him, you can know him. Let's pray.